Metallica. Here they come, the kings of metal. What? Well, this is Paw Paw, and we're plum tickled to have you listening to Metal Up Your Podcast, see? Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 129. We're uh, going to dive back into Garage Inc. Disc 1, and... Uh, bestow you with our thoughts these episodes are pretty popular they're fun and that's why we you know they're, they're a little easier for us to do you know we've had a, both had a pretty crazy schedule this week um i got out of the studio a couple hours ago you got off a bus a couple hours ago so these are these are not only fun to do but uh they take a little pressure off us we get to just kick back relax and listen to a record and just uh tell you what we think that's right for those of you joining us for the first time we're an all metallica podcast ethan and i get together once a week to talk about our favorite metal band the mighty metallica and uh we're going to have some fun with this garage. Yeah, yeah, now, the first thing we're going to do, though, I know our listeners are really excited about this, is we are giving away two tickets to SNM2. Also known as two tickets to Paradise. <laughs> exactly. If you pack your bags, we can leave in September. You can leave tonight if you want to. You're going to be there a little early. The gig is on uh, <clears throat> September 8th in San Francisco. That's right. Uh, the boys announced the first show, the 6th, and it sold out in like... What a millisecond! And at least a, it was most a millisecond, and it, it was apparently a huge clusterfuck. People were very it was frustrated with the process of getting tickets. Right. Many people wanted to get them, so they announced the second show two days later, fifth member only, which is cool. And our friend Katrina Metallicat out there on the socials uh, helped us procure two tickets. Um, we bought the tickets thanks right. to the Patreon. Yep, but she's the one who sort of sat on the computer and hit refresh a million times and. Yeah, got them for us, and so uh, we've been drumming this up for about a month and a half now, and we're finally going to figure out it's today time. Yeah. who goes. Now, people are asking us how this is going to work. Um, I'm not going to give all the details, but because the tickets are non-transferable, right? Just trust us when we say we've worked all of that out. It's all worked out. Yeah, these tickets are legit, and if you can get there, you're going to S and M too. You'll have a few tiny instructions after uh, you you've won another thing that i did um is i put it out onto the patreon people who definitely couldn't go or people who already had tickets right because obviously we don't want to give tickets to someone that's already going or someone who lives in wherever oslo and can't go right or someone who lives in north dakota and can't go right exactly i don't know why i always pick on north dakota well you were just in the dakotas i was just in south dakota yeah Yeah. it's a lot of space up there yeah it was okay yeah i don't i mean it's beautiful up there what was so weird about this trip is we were, um, it was a lot of Midwest and it ended in South Dakota. We did four shows and, uh, not once, but twice I found myself in an Uber okay. going to a record store right? or to, um, or to, uh, a bookstore. Okay. And these Uber drivers are like, you know, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to Toad Hall, which is this great record store where I got the guar shit. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to this bookstore record store thing. She's like, but you told me you were you're a country musician. You're playing a show tonight. And like, yeah, they're like, but why are you going to a bookstore? I'm like, is this like one of those Bill Hicks bits? I was right. Like, country musicians read too. <laughs> they just assume that you didn't. She was like, oh, you know got me. Read? She was like, you got me on that. I guess that's true. Like real books. Yeah. Another runner. Uh, I went and saw Midsummer. Have you seen the trailer for this? I have not. This horror film. 
Is it pretty intense? It's amazing. Really? It's an amazing movie. I know all of our horror listeners out there are hip to it. It's yeah, yeah. Ari Aster who did uh, Hereditary last year. Did you see okay. Hereditary? I didn't. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to let you know a little something. Okay. I go to, go to the movies maybe two or three times a year, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of movies in the theater. Well, there's other places to watch movies. I know. I, you know, I, I, I will watch stuff on Netflix and Hulu, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not like... I don't often seek out certain movies, but if you give me a glowing review, I might check it out. Well, Hereditary was my favorite horror movie last year. Okay. And this guy, and it was his first movie ever. Really? And he hit it out of the park. Interesting, okay. This year he made his follow-up, which is called Midsummer, which is about a pagan cult in Sweden. It all takes place in daylight. Oh, I like that. It's fucking dope. And this is his second movie, and he's never making a horror movie, according to him, after this again. See, I, I, the, of, of the horror movies I have seen, when there are scenes that take place during the day, I find it actually scarier. It's way scarier. Like, the, even uh, little scenes in Halloween. When Mike, you see Michael Myers during the day, mm-hmm. that, to me, is scarier. Way scarier. Because you expect it at night. Well, they're not trying to trick you with some uh, gimmicky bullshit. Right. You just have to really deal with the content. And in this case, yeah. the content is very, very scary. Okay. But, so I get in the car, I'm like, hey, I'm going to, there's a matinee, whatever, at the AMC 20, you know, can you take me? She's like, you're going to see a movie? But you're playing a show later. Do they, I mean, maybe she thought, like, you're just, you're in town playing a show, so you're clearly busy all day. Well, I was like, the show's not till like, nine. It was, yeah. like, two o'clock. <laughs> I just can't understand how they think what about What city shit. was this in? This was somewhere in South Dakota. Did you play Fargo? No, that's okay. North Dakota. Right, of course. See, I don't remember the Dakotas <laughs> that well, apparently. I was just in Fargo like two months ago. Fargo's a bitchin'. I love Fargo. Dude, that place has really changed a lot. Mm-hmm. There's like three awesome record stores there, too. Mm. Uh, I, me and Josh, we need to breathe, went to all three of them. And one of them was a little overpriced, but the other ones were super cool. Uh, I, was re- I mean, I haven't been to Fargo in probably 10 years, if, if not more. Right. And, you know, I opened up my, my Discogs app, which we've talked about here a lot. And there's a little option on there called Vinyl Hub. It's like a little map, and it shows you where all the record stores are. And I opened it up, and I was like, you're kidding. There's actually more than more than zero record stores in Fargo. And there was like three of them. There's nothing else to do there. No. Except mill about a record store. And there's store. good food there. Oh, of course. And nice people and everything. Yeah. We're not, we're not those people that are like from a nice big city that are... Trash in the Midwest. No, I mean, I love a, it out there's there. a lot of small cities. Like, like the, the Nina Breed tour was a lot of, uh, and I'm sure you do a lot of cities like this. There are a lot of like the, what we call in the business, like B markets, mm-hmm. you know, not the major cities. And I love those towns. Sure. Uh, what's another one I love uh, with the great record store? Ithaca, New York. Oh, wow. Great town. It was awesome. Great theater, great <laughs> record store. That's all I need. Yeah, you're like the, the spokesperson for Ithaca now. You're gonna write a jingle, and you're gonna be—they're gonna give you the key to the fucking city. <laughs> Welcome to Ithaca, where you can go to Mother's Records. Oh my gosh! Tying it in with the local record stores, and I and just everything. remembered the name of the record store as I was singing that. There are people listening to this right now who've never heard us before who think we're total dicks right now. If you think I'm not gonna complete that and make a jingle for Ithaca, <laughs> <laughs> well, coming next week, ladies and gentlemen, the good people of Ithaca will have their own very own theme song. So here's the deal. Let's do this drawing. Let's now, do it, yeah. So I put it out. The people that have told me they couldn't go, we whittled it down to the however many were left. Um, I have my skull vase. We'll of which, skull vase. Because let's, let's go ahead and do a, a brief history of things we have given away. Okay. How many box um, sets? Three or four? Three or four box sets. Three or four box sets. Funko Pop dolls. Funko Pop We gave away um, the 590 p We gave out a Kill em All vinyl. Yeah. We gave out two vinyls at our parties. Are we... Yeah, uh, both parties. I mean, I think the first one gave three or four vinyl out. Second one, we had stuff even donated that we gave away. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
We give away tickets to Sling Castle. I mean, it's, it's it's always Christmas time at Metal Beer Podcast. And I'm telling you right now, dude, I've got a bunch of shit in my garage. We're going to start doing these mystery boxes. Yeah. Where we just send random fun Metallica stuff. Like, I, I you know, usually when I'm on the road and at these places, I pick up stuff. Like, I got the... Um, the uh, Cliff of Mall on video on on a VHS. Oh, oh, nice! I got the um, Binge and Purge box set. Saw that, yeah. I got a cool like Metallica picture magazine. I got magnets, black album magnets, Hell master yeah. puppets magnets. So we're gonna crank that up too. All that's at the Patreon. It's culminating today in our probably our biggest gift. BSN this, two uh, this is for sure our biggest gift. This I don't know if we can ever top this one. So Ethan's gonna take the Voss. Uh, now I Ethan, got the Voss. Do you want to film this for um, our, our social yeah, media let's followers? Film this here? For uh, for the socials. Oh, there's so many names in here. Now, let me get my camera open here. This is very exciting. I feel like maybe you're making a porno. Mm, should I? Is this what making a porno is like? Should I disrobe? <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like. Two guys with microphones, and then one gets the phone out, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess this is happening. I always worry, or not worry, but wonder about like kissing scenes and stuff in movies. It's got to be so intimate. It's got to be so hard to do. And there are like 45 people standing around. Yeah, that I I, I was thinking about the other day. I was watching... Um, porno. I was watching porno. <laughs> I like calling it porno. It makes me feel like a 12-year-old again. Porno sounds worse than pornography. <laughs> of course it does. Porn and porno. Yeah. Uh, no, I was, I was finishing up the third season of uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix, mm-hmm. and there was one, whatever, kissing scene, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I know the actress is married to somebody else in real life. Is that not weird? It's gotta be. I mean, it has to be weird, right? You see your wife or your husband on TV making out with somebody, where it, or where it gets like, they're pretty much naked i'm sure things are covered when they're filming but like it's just weird like i saw an interview with maggie gyllenhaal talking about the show the deuce which is a show about the porn industry in the okay. 70s in new york and she's talking about they they wear they do wear these things that that basically like a a very thin almost like a plastic thing like to match the color of their skin or so something so that when their bodies are rubbing they're not actually rubbing the stranger's body right because she was talking about in that show She's a um, she's like a call girl. Okay. And she's like, you know, the main characters. I, she's like, I'm basically having sex with men who aren't main characters. There's different, right? Kind of like, what do you call those? Uh, like featured actors that just come through once yeah, a week. Yeah, totally. And she's like, you know, like I, a kick a character actor. I don't want to be like rubbing them. You know. Yeah, that is, it is weird. I don't think I could be married to someone that did that. I, I it would it would really weird me out. To, like I don't know. I, to to build you know like oh I want to support my wife's show and. You turn it on one night, and you're sitting there by yourself, and all of a sudden she's just making out with some dude, and it's like very passionate. I know that it's acting, and they're in front of 45 people, and there's cameras everywhere, and mm-hmm. lights, and all this stuff. But it's still like, it's still your pers- your spouse or girlfriend or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be very cool at that at the dinner party celebrating the premiere of the movie. Right, totally. When fucking Peter Sarsgaard is like, there's the motherfucker right there. I know, I hate him. Yeah, I dream of killing him. Hey, Mr. Wells, it's so nice to meet you. Uh, your girl talks about it all the time. Really, motherfucker? Speaking of porn, one of the places we did go is where they have the uh, the Corn Palace. The Corn Palace? You ever heard of this? Not Corn with I, a K. I think it's in Iowa okay. or Illinois. I can't remember where it was. Somewhere in the Midwest where there's corn. It's a big, huge like performance art center, but like there are all these big murals made of corn on it. Okay. It's called the Corn Palace. Sounds like Iowa. And part of their uh, some of their merch, it said Corn Star. Corn star. Cornography. Exactly. Hardcore corn. (laughs) Hardcore corn. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's going to be Tangent City tonight, I can tell. I'm just so wiped. Here we go. Okay, I am now videoing you. Now... There's names in here. Everyone can see, see the it names. On. Maybe maybe pull a bundle of them out. Okay. And then we, we can also so that's can part kinda... of the reshuffling process. You can okay. see there. Okay. Hundreds of names. There's a bunch. 
And uh, we're going to find out right now who the winner is of the SNM2 ticket giveaway. Who is the winner? Drum roll, please. Please. Pleases me to play the drum sire. Pleases me to pull the name out of the skull of us. And the winner is. Chad Pollock. Chad Pollock. Ooh. Let's, cla- let's clap for Boom. Chad. Let's clap for Chad. Oh, okay, there holding Chad. the phone. There You're holding his name. Okay. Oh my God. Well, awesome. I, I, uh, that's so crazy that it's Chad. I met him. He came to one of the Bob Schneider shows I did. Very cool. I did a quick little like five or six day run with Bob maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I got to meet Chad and his wife. So, he's, hell yeah. Congrats, he, Chad. Is Chad. He's an OG. He's an OG. I think he's an OG patron. Yeah. He's, Chad's been around for a while. Um, thank goodness we didn't draw somebody from like China. <laughs> totally. Like, or Australia. Kicking it in Beijing, can't make it. And the it. win is... A lot of Australian people are going to SNM, too. I mean, I'm sure there's people from all over the world going. I mean, we, we know of... No, a, a just few, Australia. Just Australia? Okay. Yeah, just Australia. Just Australia and, and a few states in America. Well, here's the deal. Chad, send us an email, and uh, we'll get you all the details on how to get into that show, and congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Obviously, if Chad can't make it, we'll be drawing again. Um, right. So he'll have to let us know. He wasn't one of the people who told us he wasn't going to be able to make it. So. Right, okay, so we'll see. And, you know, the Patreon is where it's at, dudes. We're going to be giving away shit like that until the show ends. Mm-hmm. That's you know? right. We love giving shit away over there. Yeah, and speaking of, the show, is this is actually our last episode. We didn't tell anybody that yet, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even tell me. Someone just went, <gasps> oh, no. Oh, oh, my God. Crap. oh, my God. Wait a second. Uh, let's talk about some news before we get into uh, the rest of the housekeeping and some emails. Uh, this thing called the box scores come out about shows. Yeah. And I think it's usually private information. You can pay... A yearly subscription have access to this info because okay. you can get info to all the box scores of any gig. It's like Polestar or something, something right? like that. Yeah, because that was the thing where you had to be a member of something to be right. A part of. Exactly, but occasionally they'll make this stuff public. And uh, Metallica is the highest grossing hard rock band touring right now. Yeah, and we actually got some of the deets, and I thought it'd be interesting to share some of these yeah. on the show because they're thanks Guns and Roses they're for pretty... not being on tour full time. I know, good God, because they were the one of the top acts like two years ago. Yeah, well, I think the Not in This Lifetime tour is one of the highest grossing tours of all That's time. Insane, suck it, Garth well, Brooks. I mean, when you're a band that big and you tour for three years straight, which is what Metallica's doing. Yeah, I mean, and with Guns, it was like I mean, this was a huge deal that Slash and Duff are up right. there with with Axel. Right. So I mean, and they're supposedly making a new record together. Cool, which is really cool. I said that with a question mark. Cool, cool, Paul. It could. It, I have high hopes. I mean, slashes on there. I mm-hmm. mean, I just hope it doesn't turn into like a Chinese democracy where like yeah. we'll see it in ten years. Yeah, no, Chinese democracy is pretty good though. You know, I have to revisit it because when I first listened to it, I was like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, well, I haven't really listened to the record all the way through, but I saw them on that tour and it was awesome. Right, all well, the new songs were awesome. Yeah, that I was gonna bring that up too because uh, you have Slash playing them, you have Slash doing the solos. And when they, I saw them. I saw them with the, uh, the oh, with the other guy, the cover band. Basically, oh, it was judges. just Axel and Dizzy Reed. Oh, right, that's they right. played Bridgestone. Okay, well, even on the Nonsense Lifetime tour, when they when they would do with like Shackler's Revenge, I think they yeah, or Madagascar. Or and... I remember thinking like, wait, what song is this? This is rad, right? And then whoever I was with, uh, it was Jack O'Shea, and he was just like, I think this is off of Chinese Democracy. I'm like, okay, this is kind of awesome, but it's that lineup playing it, and you got Slash. It just to me, like he's one of those guitar players that. His tone, the way he plays, is a make or break deal Absolutely. on the song. So, well, and I think too. I mean, Izzy Stradlin's been silent on the whole GNR, you know, reunion thing. He obviously didn't go do the tour. Even Stephen Adler came out and played a few shows, right. Nashville being one of them. Yeah, but I hope that he's maybe involved with the record because his writing is such a big part of what's yeah. great about Guns. Did I tell you? And I got to remember who told me this. Um, that I heard a mm-hmm. rumor that Izzy was at the Nashville show mm-hmm. and had planned on coming out for a song and then just bailed 
before the show started. Boo. Bummer. I don't know if that's true or not, and I got to remember who told me that, but could you imagine? He's all, all the way out in Nashville. Maybe he was here working on something else. I don't know. Right. And he's there like, hey, Steven's here. I mean, the f- original five could get up on stage and do a song or two. And he's like, eh, I'm going to take I, off. I think from what I can glean from interviews and stuff, he's a pretty weird cat. Pretty weird guy. I mean, he's a, he's a recluse for sure. I mean, you I remember him tweeting like when when before the tour started, they were like, this is really happening. We're calling it the Not In This Lifetime right. Tour. We've, we've, they've put all their problems to bed and they're going to tour. I remember him like tweeting something like, I have nothing to do with this tour. Right, yeah. You know, just want to officially say, um, is he yeah. out, you know? So. I mean, hey, he, he, he left. The Where's Izzy sign happened and he hasn't come back since. Yeah. Although he did, he did do some random shows with Axel when he was doing the cover band thing, basically. Mm. He would randomly make appearances with Axel. <clears throat> as as did Duff. At one point, Duff filled in on bass because Tommy Stinson couldn't. Tommy do it or Stinson something? was doing replacement shows, and Duff filled in for Guns N' Roses. Wow, Isn't that so weird? weird? So weird. Well, so here, I, the, uh, this made me proud of the boys because they're fucking crushing it, and we all knew it was happening. Um, but we actually have some cold hard facts here, and if there's anything I love, it's a cold hard fact. Oh, I love it. So these are just one, two, three. There's five shows. This give you sort of a span of what's going on here. So the venue in Paris, France, was a Stade de France. Stade de France. Stade de France. That was on May 22nd. Gross sales of right under $7 million. It's insane. Uh, the capacity level uh, is 76000 They sold 74889 Yeah, <laughs> They didn't even sell it out. Jeez. So that's pretty impressive. On May 3rd, they played in Madrid, Spain. I'm not going to try to say the venue. Gross sales, $6.7 million. Hmm. Uh, capacity, 70,000. Attendance, 69,897 tickets sold. <laughs> wow. 113 people didn't make it. In Zurich, Switzerland, on May 10th, the gross sales were $5.6 million. Uh, capacity, 47,000. They sold 46,349 tickets. In Barcelona, Spain... On May 5th, they grossed sales of $5.2 million, uh, capacity 53,000, 51,799 tickets sold. And then in Milan, Italy, on May 8th, gross sales of $3.9 million, cap 47.5, they sold 47,427 tickets. Wow. Now, some of these tickets, it shows you what the ticket prices are, too. Like that, for example, they sold 47,000 tickets, but the highest ticket price it says here was 95 bucks. whereas yeah. in Barcelona, it was in 140, uh, in Zurich, 172. France 157. It's got to be weird knowing that on any given night you're going to make four to ten million dollars just in ticket sales, let alone merch, whatever deal yeah. they've got worked out with concessions, with merch, beer, uh, the, uh, the experiences, all the, mean, all the bonus experiences, which are usually sold out. There's a twenty five hundred bucks a pop. I mean, it's insane, and, and it's it, it just also shows the power of Metallica after thirty. What, where are we at? Thirty eight years. Mm-hmm. Um. That they can still do that. I mean, dude, 74,000 people came. To, not to see a Metallica at a festival. Like, that's an average festival size right there. Right. And Metallica played their own show. Lars just, they just played Berlin last night. Right. And Lars's Instagram said that they sold 70,000 tickets just at the Berlin show. That's crazy. 70,000. 70,000 tickets. Holy shit. Man, that's, I mean. That's, that is, you know what, the first, the first thing that comes to my mind is that is a lot of people to crab walk in front of. <laughs> that's a lot of people to doodle in front of that's a lot of people for kirk to cookie monster his way through those doodles or for kirk to slip on his fucking wah pedal and fall in front of <laughs> another cool thing that was in the news this past week is you know ghost has been opening the shows right and uh there was a you know so what that the the uh the dude that does their so what interviews mm-hmm. 
uh, he did a little sit down with Tobias Forge and Kirk Hammett uh, to just to talk about Ghost being on the tour. I was going to put a clip in here, but just everyone go watch it. It's about 10 minutes long. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It does have the sort of hallmark. Is Kirk going to be able to finish this sentence vibe? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? We briefly touched on this. It's almost like, I don't know if it's something that health-wise something's up, or does he just smoke a ton of weed and he's always kind of just numb a little bit? You know what I'm talking I don't know. I just feel like we've been talking about it now. Let's just go ahead and watch it. The whole thing? Not the whole thing, but we'll dip in. Okay. Interesting thing that, that happened to me this morning is I woke up and found that Tobias used to have a, a black Fernandez Strat just like mine. Oh, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My first Bro, okay, a couple questions. Mm -hmm. Those are hard guitars to find. Okay. And, and, well, they're hard guitars to find in the States uh, in the 80s. There was only a few places that sold Fernandez guitars. Oh, the ghost guy's a cool looking guy. Yeah. How did you end up with one all the way in Sweden? Did I, you did you contact Fernandez? Did you get a drink no, from no, Japan? No, no. Or no way. No. I I was seven or eight years old, and there was one, and this is this must be okay. So do the math. I'm this is eighty nine, mm -hmm. eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, and um, I found one at the um, at the guitar shop. In Lin Shopping, where I mm -hmm. where I was born. Mm -hmm. Wow, that you know that's amazing because because <laughs> it's a long way from Japan to Sweden. And yeah, especially back then. Yeah, and, and they they only had limited distribution. Fernandez was a small guitar company from Japan that limited uh, uh, distribution. Only knew of a couple places to buy those guitars. Mm -hmm. And I, I bought one because you know I went at the time we weren't we weren't. Uh, weren't selling that many albums, but a Fernandez guitar was a good guitar for the money. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, ESP or even like Fender or Gibson, but they were still made well and they sounded good. And that's why I played one because it was some of the, it was one of the better strats that was not a Fender. Did you know he played one? Uh... Pretty this coincidental to that, yes. <laughs> pretty obvious. So was that what got you at seven or eight to go and see? Ah, oh, I know that guitar. Or what? Pretty form? much, yes. It's it's sort of cloudy in my head, which came first. Mm -hmm. If it was the uh, the knowing, I mean, I had a lot of heroes at the time that also played strats. So, for me, just having a strat was just like a. That's the guitar because this was like as I said, it was the late eighties. So you had like a myriad of colors of like all kinds of weird, yeah, like guitars back then neon were crazy. shit yeah. on the wall. You had tiger stripe guitars. You had you know guitars with like you know Japanese flag on it. You know back then it was the oh, yeah, the era those. of like really badly oh, graphically yeah. designed guitars. <laughs> I mean there was some bad graphics on some of those guitars. You know, yes. like you know. Women spray, splayed out on the on the guitars in bikinis, you know. It, it all reeked of kind of like, you know. The well, there's more to it. He actually did better than I recalled. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, sometimes when you're watching a Kirk you're like, come on, buddy. Well, it's weird. It, it, it's I don't know if it's like he's he's a, you know, smoking a ton of weed. Yeah. Um, or is he just kind of getting old? And I don't know. It's just weird. It, it seems like it's almost like um, 
someone that maybe I hate to say this, but someone that had maybe had a mild stroke. Oh my god! I'm not trying to no. I'm not trying to be an <laughs> asshole about it. I'm just saying the way he, the way he's has spoken in the oh, last. Well, few there years, goes us ever meeting Kirk Hammond. No, Kirk, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an asshole here. I'm just saying that it, what you're describing is, is is when he's speaking here. That's what it just kind of sounds like to me. He know. also just sort of to me like has artist brain. He's just very like. A scattered kind of artist type guy, you That's know. So much better than what I just said. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to do stroke. some fucking damage control over here. <laughs> I have noticed on Kirk's Instagram posts, like every one of Kirk's Instagram posts on the break, like they take these two week breaks. He's in Hawaii. It's clearly Hawaii. Right. And Rob's with him. Yeah, it's like they were just jamming on the um, at his like house. Like I wonder if for the break, this this makes me feel like the back to the hard days night. All the bo- all the Beatles living in a fucking house together, going down the fire, yeah, right. the pole together. Uh, it's like man. That's really cute of them. Like, it, what it, if for the break, yeah. Kirk was like, tell you what, why don't you and the family come kick it with us in fucking Honolulu yeah. before we go back to Europe? Right. And Robert's like, okay, cool. I mean, at this point, Robert may have a house there, too. Who knows? I know James does. In I, Hawaii? I, well, he... Let's least, all go to fucking Hawaii? Let's, all, let's go to fucking Hawaii. I, unless he, he doesn't have any more, but I, I uh, just the other night, I re-watched uh, on YouTube the Joe Rogan podcast with James Hetfield, mm-hmm. and he talked about having a place in Hawaii. Oh. So I don't know if he still does, but well, maybe Rob does too. That was only three short years ago. Yeah, not too not too long ago. They're a Hawaiian band now. <laughs> they are. Da, 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 uh, da, da, da. Is there a fucking position for a lap steel player, guys? Probably. If you're a Hawaiian band now, you need a lap steel. Well, um, that's the news. Not a lot happened in one week. What can I say? Hey, I look, mean, we're on the forefront of the cutting edge of what happens in Metallica. That's not a lot of time, too. And they're in the middle. Of, they just picked back up in Berlin, so... Not a lot of exciting stuff happened. All right, listen, go leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you haven't done it by now, what the hell's wrong with you? It only takes a second. It's the easiest way to support the show. Also, telling your friends about it, posting about it on your socials is another nice way. Uh, the Patreon, you're going to hear a commercial for it later. Obviously, we give out dope shit like S&M 2 tickets. Right. And uh, we got one patron this week, Mike Garcia. We're going to give Mike it up for Garcia. Mike. Garcia, thank you, Mike. shout out on the show, very awesome. least. But yeah, a- Mike! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Where did that come from? What was that? I don't know. That was like Mike's, like a boxer or something. It was like, um, I don't know. I, I, maybe I spend. I've been spending too much time driving for Lyft and Uber, where I get that all those bros in the car, and they're like, Mikey's like the guy that's getting married. It's his bachelor party. They're like, yeah, right. Mikey, dude. Um, I won't. I'm gonna try to change the names to uh, protect the innocent, as okay. Desmond Child did with Living on a Prayer. Uh, there's like a newer guy on our crew. Okay, that. I guess he's kind of because he's the new blood. He kind of gets the shitty, bitchy errands. Like okay. in addition to his job, right? He's also the guy that's like has to go do shit. You know, is that in his job description, or or is everyone just seeing what they can get away with? Well, so our tour manager has sort of adopted this poor kiddo, and uh, we were doing a band grill out. Uh, we occasionally do a grill out by the buses. Our buses have this like awning that comes yeah, out. And we have yeah. a tent. And, you know, it's just a fun way to build morale and hang out together. Oh, it's a blast. Have yeah. some beers. It's super fun. But it was funny because our tour manager's like having a beer. He's got a big cigar. He's like, at the, he's the grill master. Yeah. And I'm going to change this person's name to Bill. Okay, Bill. <laughs> we were getting a kick out of it, man, because this guy's job is to just do backline for our crew, you right. know, like for our band. Like, Bill, go on the bus and get the buns. And Bill's like, <laughs> Okay, he goes and gets the buns. He's like, go back up and get there's more buns. And and Bill's like, there aren't any more buns up there. He's like, Bill, the buns! And that just became this whole joke, dude. Like, Bill, get the buns! Get the buns! You're the buns guy! They're up there! I mean, is your TM like 
seeing how far he can take it kind of thing, just give him shit because he's a, new, a newbie? I think he's just, sadly, just got a, this dude in his crosshairs. Because I've, for... I've seen that happen on tours where like, the new guy shows up and somebody on the tour that's of higher ranking mm-hmm. just tries to see what they can get away with. Like, I'm going to see if that guy will like actually go run the errand for me. Well, there's okay, there's two ways to do that. One is kind of like uh, hazing. Right. Like, I just want to see. I'm curious. Yeah. As soon as they push back, that's fine. Yeah. But then there's the, I really do want to see what I can get away with. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I really want to morph this person's job into being my personal assistant. Right. Anyway, you, you screaming Mike sounded like that. All right. Mike! Well, Mike! Big Mike! Come on, Mikey! Okay, where are we at on this? The socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Stitcher, metalupyourpodcast.com. Jinx by me, a fucking go. I owe you a coke. You can also get Cover Our Blackens Volume 1 and 2 wherever you listen to and or stream music. I exactly. recommend buying it because it supports the show. It does. And yeah. God damn it, if we didn't put a lot of TLC into making that and stuff. They're, and they're great to listen to. They're a good time. You can also get the OG logo and the Dagger logo shirts at MetalUpYourPodcast.com in the merch area. See, see. That's another way to support the show. If you don't want to get on the Patreon train, you're like, fuck that. I'm just going to give these guys money. I'm like, okay, well, cool. We'll go buy a CD. Go buy a t-shirt. It yeah. all helps. Yeah. Honey, please, come on. Just do it. Uh, Ethan's other podcast is called The Pirate Satellite. Interview with Sean McConnell up now. Yep. There's an interview with me on there, Paul Moak, Matthew Mayfield. Bunch lots of, of bunch of goodies. People, lots of wonderful people. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, and, Mo- uh, yes. my, sorry, a quick side note. Yes. And people that have listened to that episode of you and I on my podcast will, will know this. Mm-hmm. It predates this podcast. That's right. So it's a good time to listen to it. it, it just Now that you know me and Clint so well after 129 episodes. And we talk about Metallica. We do. We talk about Metallica. You unbox my Freddy Krueger bobblehead. Yeah. It's a good episode. Lots of good stuff happening. Uh, my other podcast with Bob Schneider is called I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. That is impossible to search, <laughs> which was not clever branding planning on our part. Right. But if you just go to the search thing and type in Clint Wells, it'll come up. Yeah. No Bob Schneider is a wonderful touring musician. I toured them for years. We had all sorts of crazy conversations on the buses about God and music and films and yeah. art. And now you can hear them yourself. You can hear them forever. Uh, email address metal up your podcast show at gmail.com we read every email personally we read five on the show we're gonna kick it to the email corner let's do it all right our first email is from mark ferguson he says in the spirit of this week's metal up your podcast and independence day i have a question for you guys who would have had the best chance to defeat the British, Metal Militia or the Kiss Army? See you at SNM2, Mark and Vanessa. Mm, good question. The Kiss Army or the Metal Militia? I'm going to probably say the Metal Militia because those people, those people didn't give a fuck. You mean like early 80s Bay Area I'm thinking like thrash kids? Kill them all era. If, if since that's right. that's the record right. it was on, so that's that's what go, that's where my mind goes. So is. yeah, so let's analyze this. So you got a bunch of kids in a club wearing all leather because no oh. life to leather, no life to leather. We're gonna kick some butt tonight. Yeah, we've got the metal madness. Okay, exactly. These are some of the mantras that they say. Now then, you've got a bunch of kids in their mom's uh, bathrooms putting makeup on, right? Because they're in the Kiss Army and they want to look like Paul Stanley. Yeah, which they would they may put on leather too. They but might for also, different reasons. <laughs> they might also put on, like in that scene in the dirt where they puts on their sister's uh, spandex or leather pants. Right. I don't know. I'm going with the metal militia on this Yeah, one. I mean, hear the cry of war louder than, than before. before. I was made for love. <laughs> <in your face. laughs> We're going to kick some ass tonight. 
If I hear you calling, <laughs> can't go home right so now. So jump in the fire. Yeah. Love gun. Love gun. <laughs> love pe- gun. We're like, dude, you're going to have guns? Well, we're going to have a love gun. A love and love guess gun. what? You just pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. You know what that means? It means a penis. Yeah. That's like Paul Stanley's overt, like, I'm straight. <laughs> Check it out. We always joke about it on the bus, too. Like, ah, hey, everybody. I like boobs. <laughs> Don't. Just like all any other straight guy, like I know, <laughs> I love a good boob. That sounds like a South Park. We're like Paul. No one would ever say that who really does like boobs. You know what I like? Getting my love gun out with some boobies. I want you to pull the trigger. <laughs> I think every. I think you're right. It hands down is going to be the metal militia. You mean the metal militia, right, yeah. Right. Um, Thought-provoking question, though. Yeah, One for the ages. And you know what? Speaking of Independence Day, I know you were out on the road playing a show, but I got to give a quick shout-out to Joe and Lizzie from Hailstorm. They so graciously invited me and my wife up to their place for a cookout and a little pontoon boat trip out on the lake. It was awesome. We had a great time. We got to sit there and watch a bunch of fireworks shows around the neighborhoods. Did you get in the water? Didn't get in the water, but uh, no, we had a good time. Um, You have fear of gators? Uh, all, we have so many gators up here in Tennessee. Do you have a fear of the unknown below the surface of the waters? I don't, actually. I, I almost did jump in the water, but it actually felt great that night. The, the rain came and like cooled it off like down to low 70s. It was awesome. Are you a guy that likes to take his shirt off? Uh, in certain situations, like when I go to bed. <laughs> like when you got your love gun out? Yeah, when there's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't mind taking... I'm, I'm not going to take my shirt off and just like walk down the street to the grocery store right, or anything but right. uh i'm not in in shape as they say i just did air quotes <laughs> um but uh it's it, it feels good to have your shirt off well even when i am uh, feeling good about myself which is almost never i don't like to have my shirt off not even in the, pri- the privacy of my own abode okay however because i've i just will never stop touring apparently i had one day off last week and i kept my kid out of camp and we made it a daddy daughter day yeah and she wanted to go to the pool she loves being water loves swimming so awesome. I went from body dysmorphic self-hatred <laughs> in my own house. Yeah. Like not even looking down to bathe. Right. Just just looking up. Just like a blind get man. Done, bathing like a blind man. Get it done. Get it done. To going Wash to... Wash the love gun. To... <laughs> <laughs> What's that, a boob? Oh, wait, that's my boobie. <laughs> I went from that to taking my sweet little beautiful daughter yeah. to the, you know, the YMCA pool. Yeah. Where all the... You know, hot moms are hanging during the day because that's what they do. They're just hot moms. Yeah, their boyfriends are in bands or who who knows what's going on. And uh, I, you know, had to be had to get in the pool with my kiddo. Did you wear a shirt in the pool? No. Good. No, no. Because some people, you know, a lot of times, like I was like this when I was maybe like in junior high or high school. Like mm-hmm. you're out of shape a little bit and you're kind of embarrassed. So you're like, oh, I'm just gonna wear my shirt in the pool. I just don't think I can pull that off. What if it was, I mean, I put a guar shirt on and jump in the pool. I just. That's a good way to get people out of the pool. I, I'm luckily an in-shape guy. Like, I'm I'm not a fat guy. Right. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Yeah. So, it's 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 really more in my head. Sure. But, nevertheless, really there in my head. It's a real big problem oh, no, mentally I'm with for you. me. I'm with you. I'm, so, I'm, I'm not obese or anything. I'm yeah. just not in shape. Right. I so, have a gut. Like, so, it was like, man, my poor kid. Like, I'm going to do this for my kid. This is how much I love my kid. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And you did it. I did it. I'll tell you what, man. Nothing will make you hate other people's children more than going to the to a public community pool. pool. Yeah. With these little motherfuckers. <laughs> Their parents are either pieces of shit or they're exhausted. I get all of it. Yeah. 
these like two boys are just literally like jumping on my kid's head. And, you know, I I need to make sure that my kid is prepared for the world because the world is full of dickheads trying to jump on your fucking head. Right, yeah. That is what the world is. Yes. So the first couple of times, I was just curious to see how my kid dealt with it. Yeah. You know, I was making sure it wasn't like they weren't like drowning her. Right, yeah. But they were being kind of rough. And I was just curious to see. And I'm right there, you know. First two times I let it ride, my, my daughter came back to me and she was like, those boys are mean. I'm like, I know, baby. Some people are mean. It's hard. It's hard to deal with mean people. And uh, the third time they jumped on her, though, I, I became the, the pool dad. Did you jump in the pool after him? I was already in the pool. Okay. But I said, hey. And I was like the scary dad. Yeah. I said, hey, cut it out. Go over there now. Get yeah. away. And they're like scared of me. They're like, and the little defiant little fucking dickhead's like, I'm going to tell my mom. I said, you tell your mom. I'll be right here. You go tell your mom. I was like, where is your mom? And he pointed, of course, it's this woman sitting at the very end of the thing like, on right. her phone. Yeah, totally. I'm like, of course. I'll tell you what. You go tell mommy. I'll be right here. Yeah. Let me Hang on. Let me get my pentagram necklace real quick. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to be like satanic pool dad, but like sometimes you got to be just pool. Satanic you gotta pool be, dad. If no one's going to parent their kids, you have to fucking step in and be like, yeah. cut that shit out. Yeah, of course. Hey, side note, can Satanic Pool Dad be a future Lunar <laughs> Satan song? Satanic Pool Dad. That's like the Vandals version. That is. That'd be like if the Vandals... Or what if I start thing. a side project of Lunar Satan called like Satanic ska. Pool Dad? A ska. Sa- <laughs> ska <laughs> like a ska. Satanic Pool Dad. Scotanic Pool Dad. Well, you you have my uh, you know undying support for that, of course. <laughs> hey, email number two. Okay, email number two. Dennis says, Hi, gents. Firstly, a massive thank you for what you do and the insight you provide. Not only to the band as a product, uh, but for all of the musical insight. I'm absolutely, I absolutely loving your work and the banter between the two of these. Fantastic! I've been a fan for twenty plus years, and your show makes the day go by faster. I discovered the podcast a few weeks ago, and all I've listened to since then is M U Y P. Yeah, I've been picking episodes based on topics. Massive thanks to the Hardwired Experience episode. I have two experiences in Melbourne. One of them being the Dream No More Hardwired, which is their version of the Hardwired experience. Okay. Now I'm going back and listening from the start. It's like discovering a show that has so many seasons ahead and you can binge. It's a magical feeling. Stay metal regards, Dennis. Oh, thanks, Dennis. That's so cool, man. Good day, mate. I love the end. Stay metal regards, Dennis. <laughs> stay metal with kindest regards. <laughs> Pleases me to stay metal. <laughs> Might thine have some gray poupon, please? <laughs> Pleases me to rub it on my metal venom records, yes. Pleases me to rub gray poupon on my love gun. <laughs> <laughs> Pleases me to let you all know in the most natural way possible how straight I am. <laughs> in no way do I desire touching fellow love guns. <laughs> I only like breasts. Always loved in the banter and alive when he's like, I heard there's some, pe- there's some people backstage. Mixing up vodka and orange juice. That's one of his banter lines. Like, okay, Paul. Like, first of all, it's no, called, no one. Screwdriver. No one back. First of all, it's called a screwdriver. It yeah. has a fucking name. Yeah. Number two, no one's backstage talking about that. No one's backstage going, "Oh my god, guys, let's mix up orange juice and vodka." Whoa, rock and roll. Like, Paul, Paul, I know you're about to go on stage in front of sixty thousand people. You're not going to believe quick. this. Have you heard this? Orange juice, vodka. We don't even know what to call it. What is it even called? I don't know. But I'm gonna talk about it on stage. <laughs> Better have those boobies out when I get off stage. I like to, you know what I like to do mostly with boobs? Dip them in vodka and orange juice. Oh my gosh. If I love gun. <laughs> okay. I need love gun on vinyl, by the way. How do you not have that? I have Destroyer. Yeah, dude. It's that's the, only the one after that. I have on, voil, on vinyl. On voil. On voil. Have you heard voil? On foil. All on right. Foil's new format. Next email is from Kevin Warren. It says, quick question. 
What is your take on the first four remastered albums? Can the casual listener tell any differences from the original albums? Thanks, guys. Well, Kevin, um, there are certain times that remasters happen, and I, I personally can't tell the difference. The Justice one, I can tell a difference. I was going to say the same thing. It's not to me. It's not drastic, but it is enough that I I, I did notice. I the, I I have the kill. All of the uh, vinyls I have are the remastered ones. Yeah. from twenty twelve, I think the blackened recording ones, and they sound like the record I grew up loving and knowing. Right. When the Justice box set came out, that we just gave away, by the way, to Dan Cantor. That's right. Um, that was the first time I was like, "Ooh, this sounds better. It's like tighter, crisper. Yeah, more present, more in your face." They're, they're, obviously, they didn't remix it, and there's not like bass in there, but it, it, it does, to me, have a bit more overall low end. Not necessarily from the bass, but just from the guitar tones and kick drums, stuff like that. But I will say, and we've talked about this before, in general, those... And I'm, I'm not talking just about Metallica. I'm talking about whomever. In general, those are ways to repackage and resell you the same thing you've already bought right. and to drum up interest in back catalog. And it, and yes, they did remaster records. Any mm-hmm. anyone you're describing here is is actually remastered, but to the point where it's like this drastic noticeable difference, usually that's not the case to my Right. Ears. Like if you're buying, you know, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath or Volume 4 or Sabotage or right. Paranoid remastered, okay. We're getting to the point where I I have no interest in hearing the Black Album remastered. Yeah, that's that, yeah. So, I mean, what's going to happen when they get to load and reload? Like those things, sound, those records sound amazing. Well, and the, what we're, the record we're going to listen to today, Garage Inc. It sounds fucking amazing. So, you know, when these anniversaries hit, they they're just trying to sell you shit. Mm-hmm. They really are. But you can judge for yourself. I mean, they put them all on Spotify. But you know what the 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 Metallica releases these box sets. It's not just a remastered record. They're I mean they're putting so much into these things that it is worth getting. You know, if we did what five episodes on the Justice box my set, God, it took forever. And let me tell you something too: the value of that whole box set, which I think is like 180 bucks. Yeah, we've given away two of them, by the way. Yeah, um, the value of that for me alone is the Seattle '89 on vinyl. Yeah, it's pretty mixed rad. by Greg Fiddleman. Yeah, so which, fuck a remaster. Which to me, it already sounded great when you watch like the Binge and Purge shit, but it's never been available on vinyl. Right. I mean, shit. It's awesome. That was dope. I I kind of wish they were released that separately. Yeah. I would love to just buy that. God, they would sell the shit out of that. Yeah, they would. If it was just like 15 bucks or 20 bucks. Make it 25, I'll buy it. Make it 27. You know, make it 29. <laughs> I'll buy that. If, you know, if I get a free love gun out of it, then I'm in. Uh, Jason Sheedy, friend of the show, writes in and says, Hey guys, wondering if you know or are familiar with Rick Beato. I've recently discovered his YouTube channel. He's a producer that I've never heard of until just now and has an amazing YouTube channel. That is, in essence, a masterclass in studio production and songwriting. Have you seen this? I have not, no. Um, I, I remember seeing this email. I haven't looked it up yet. Tom Spalding, who's my Diodario guy. Do you have a Diodario thing? Yeah, I'm, I know Tom. Yeah. So he has an office in Soundcheck. Anytime you're in Soundcheck working, just go say hi to him. I tried last two times I was there, and he was like on lunch break or whatever. Okay. Um, I got sucked into Tom's office. Well, I didn't get sucked in. I was glad to be there. Yeah. But instead of like talking shit like we always do, he was watching this Rick Beato Oh, ah, okay. This guy produced Need to Breathe records. Oh, rad! I didn't know. But that. he's he's uh, like savant genius level when it comes to music, and his kid is too, dude. He has this video of his kid, little preteen, like eleven, twelve year old boy. Yeah. And Rick will sit at a piano and hit a note, and the kid will be C, kid will say C sharp, just perfect pitch, and then he'll hit like a weird jazz chord. And the kid will say every note in the chord. No way. Then he'll hit a, a chaos chord, like all fingers. And he'll name every note. So his kids got it, a, too. A, B, C, D. <laughs> right. 
Um, but Rick Beato, uh, so I'm gonna, let me continue reading Jason's email because yeah. um, he talks about it. He says, I think he's based in Nashville and he produced two Need to Breathe records, which makes me wonder if you know the guy. I don't know him. I don't either. He says, anyways, on his YouTube channel, he has a series called What Makes This Song Great, where he breaks down in great detail a song from a particular artist. The songs he analyzes run the gamut of the musical spectrum. He's done Soundgarden, Tom Petty, The Police, pretty much anyone else you can think of. Like, he's done Tool and Metallica. He's two Metallica songs, it says. Uh, 70 episodes in the series so far. Wow. Uh, he did Sandman and Master Puppets. Curious if you've seen these and what your take is. He has great things to say about Lars's drumming, and one thing he says about the Master of Puppets record that I've never heard before is he says that he heard that Fleming had the guitars tuned down when recording and then sped them up to make them sound tighter. I've never heard mm. this mentioned anywhere else of you. What are your thoughts on this? As always, you guys are doing great work. Keep it up, Jason. I've never really heard that. Um, I, I have heard that, uh, I don't know why bands would do this, but back in the day, like when you were maybe mastering the record or mixing it down to two-inch tape, that you would speed up the tape a little bit to where it was not in, in perfect A440 tuning. Well, I know that Ride the Lightning is not an A440. Yeah. It's a bitch to tune to. Yeah. You can't just plug in a tuner and play to that record and have it sound perfectly in tune. Now, is that because... I mean, that could be because of this. They were playing some kind of games with tape speed. Right. Or it could be that when they picked up the song to record, they just like, hey, hit your E string, and they just tuned to each other kind of Maybe relative. Maybe so. I mean, back then it was just strobe tuners, so... It wasn't like they had a, a pedal board in front of them with a boss tune, or like a tuning f- or turning tuning fork or something. Yeah, I mean they had a way to get in tune or play a record you knew was in right. Tune. Yeah, I do know that it's sort of my favorite Kiss records record called Hotter Than Hell. Are you okay. familiar with that record? Yeah, it's got Hotter Than Hell on it and um, got to choose. It's got a bunch of big hits on it. Let me go rock and roll, Parasite. It's really cool. Bitchin', yeah. bitchin record, and it's generally considered one of their heavier records. That mm. and Creatures of the Night. Okay. Uh, and it most people hate the way that record sounds because they actually slowed the tape down mm. to make it sound heavier. After like vocals too. Yeah. Well, really? no. Um, it's hard to tell. I don't know. Does it sound like Paul Stanley's voice is slowed down at mm, all? I haven't listened to it in a while. Love girl. <laughs> um, it does sound in certain parts really slow. Yeah, I wonder though if they like tracked everything before she vocals. Good, she looked. Hotter than hell. And I wonder if they like, you know, dialed in the, the studer machine or whatever, slowed it down a few cents or whatever, and, and then Paul recorded to that. So I don't know. Well, what do you say we just listen to a second of it and judge for ourselves? Hey, I'm ready to judge. Judge or be judged. What is this, an anthrax record? Pleases me to judge a kiss song. Pleases me, sire, yes. Quite it does. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so slow to me, especially because right. on Kiss Alive it's so fast. She good, she than hell. In in I mean, it sounds fine it to sounds me. Sounds like normal Paul to me. Your boobies. Because <laughs> I'm straight. All of his songs are about how much he gets laid. I know. And that's been the rumor. Has that been the rumor for a long time that he's gay? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Which, not- you, of course, I don't give a shit. I don't care either. It's just funny. It's just interesting to, to p- play this persona, you know, for so many years of like this kind of ladies' man and like chicks dig him. Remember the old, that, that cheesy, was it like a Folgers commercial? Oh yeah, where he's like surrounded by chicks and stuff, 
You know what I'm talking Was it a Folgers commercial? This is your wake up call. Time to reach. Go for it all. Folgers stirs inside of me. And I know what I can be. Limit is the sky. Hey, world, watch me fly. The best <laughs> What was that little movie? Did the it's like a weird Zorro it move. Like a, it's like a David Copperfield. And then he like... disappears. Okay, that's not the commercial I'm thinking. There's another... You know what it might be from? It's the Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, where he's just surround... He's literally doing an interview where he's like laying on the floor, and there's just girls laying on top of him. Oh, that's from the Kiss Exposed. Oh, they they put out a is? home movie called Kiss Exposed, ah, okay. and it's all fake. But like the camera crew shows up to Paul Stanley's mansion, and like a bunch of naked chicks answer the door, <laughs> and it's like, come on, bro. Oh my gosh! It did remind me though of the uh, the Creed Marlin song. This is a theme song for the Florida Marlins. Yeah. Let's play ball, it's game day. We want strikeouts, base hits, double plays. Take the field, hear the roar of the crowd. So bad. Come on, Marlins, make us proud. Come on, Marlins, make us proud. Keep hoping and dreaming that you will soar. Yeah. So shitty. A diving catch, a stolen base, a perfect game, a triple play, <laughs> a playoff race. Yes, well, series chance will be. Keep hoping and dreaming, and you will. So, man. Oh boy. God bless him. God bless What's funny, it's, it's just it's just him by himself as a solo artist doing that song, but it just sounds like Creed. It sounds like you know what's really painful about. There's like a video of him in the studio making it. There is, and there's like uh, footage of the Marlins playing and stuff. It, it's and, interspersed with like yeah, baseball footage, yeah. but there's it's him in a studio with like cans on, and he's got a music stand with the lyrics. Oh, aren't they upside down? No, it's worse. Oh no, they zoom in and when it says Marlins, you will soar. It's spelled S O R E. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bummer, man. A, I feel bad for Maybe him and Marlins, you'll get sore. If you play hard, you're going to get sore. And it's really, yeah. you know what it is, actually? It's an ad for Newprin. It's, it's a PSA. It's oh. for Newprin, right? Newprin, little, yellow, different. <laughs> Shit, where's our Newprin guy? I forgot we have a Newprin, don't we? I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, Newprint, little, yellow, different. <laughs> Newprint, Newprint. All right, do, do we have more to do? We have there... one last email. Oh, my God, okay. I know. Let's do it. <laughs> last email from Will Valor. He says, hey, guys, I just finished Sound of White Noise episode. Funny enough, I just recently came across my cassette of the album, and I briefly considered wiping the dust off of it and dropping it back in my tape deck. Thankfully, you guys beat me to the punch, and it reminded me why I have not listened to this album over 25 years. 
The record to me is probably the most blatant and soulless attempt of any band to stay current during the grunge era. Wow. I love Anthrax, but I find nothing redeeming about the John Bush era at all. Um, as it sounds nothing like Anthrax. Thank God they brought Joey back a few years ago. Worship music was a true return to form and a great record. Imagine if John Bush had accepted Metallica's offer to join the band after, after Kill 'Em All. I can pretty much guarantee there would be no Metal Up Your Podcast today. Well, wow. that's that's true. Hmm. I could say that. I don't we think, don't know if that's true. That I felt mean, like a very bold statement. But if to me. Metallica, if after Kill 'Em All, all of a sudden John Bush started singing, he's a writer. He that was his whole thing of joining Anthrax was like, I want to be part of the writing process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I feel like if you would have sang from Metallica, it wouldn't be the same Metallica we have today. It'd be metal up your bush cast. It'd be metal up your armored saint. Boobies! Boobies! <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Since both of you mentioned The Offspring, I highly suggest you guys give a listen to Panty Raid, another band from Queens. Um, oh, by another band from Queens named Murphy's Law. I know Murphy's Law. Uh, there's also a band called Panty Raid. Uh, the, in- the intro that guitarist Todd Youth, rest in peace, Used to get before playing that song live was here's another f- song by the fucking Offspring. Sorry if it came across as an angry old man in steam, but the two things that get my blood boiling are John Bush, Air Anthrax, and the Offspring. Wow. Well, if you're gonna have two things that set you off, those are very specific niches. Those are very specific. I like the Offspring. I don't like their entire catalog. I I like Smash as we discussed last week. It's a I think it's a great punk rock record. It's a very Southern California record. Um, it's a masterpiece almost, and it is. And uh, they have some aside from their poppy weird stuff, and, and you know, pretty fly for a white guy and whatever. I love that top of uh, um, youth energy. Like sit back and put on a record. After all, music does soothe the savage beast. Yeah, even the savage beast. <laughs> <laughs> It'll calm that love gun down. Oh, even if you're looking at a couple of boobies. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that well, was it's as easy as that. Metal up your podcast show at gmail.com. We love hearing from our fans. We love all the weird, far-out questions. We love the tangents they inspire. Yeah. In fact, some of our greatest moments were inspired by the emails. Let's just face it. Ethan. It's very true. Let's just deal with it face Let's on. Let's face the facts. It's time to accept the fact <laughs> that... No, you're right. There's a lot of things that have, have sparked great conversation, maybe characters, whatever. Whatever. Whatever, honey, please. We love our email friends. Well, let's get out of the corner. Let's do it. All right, peace. Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more! After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in North Dakota somewhere. We want to hear from you. Since Ethan and I started Metal Up Your Podcast, we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories. Well, this is it. To make yourself eligible for a future or past Metal Tales episode, please consider joining us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you not only get to come on the show as a guest, you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, 
you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace and adios. All right, well, before we start listening to Garage Inc. and get our quote-unquote hot takes, I had to, I, I'm old now, so I was reading hot takes a lot on okay. the internet, All and right. uh, that's apparently a new thing, getting someone's hot take. Hot take on Are something. Are you familiar with this phrase? I know this phrase, yes. It's just their, uh, your, what, immediate reaction? I guess so, yeah. Or someone will have an opinion, like, on the Dave Matthews forums, where I lurk every day now. They're like, that's a bad take, dude. Bad take. When someone has a hot take, do they like announce it? Like, is that the subject? Like, hot take? Yeah. Well, they'll be like, "Look, this is my hot take," but like, it's your takeaway. Your takeaway, or like your gut reaction, maybe. Yeah, I hate things kids say. <laughs> it sounds like these are things adults. Are there children on the on the forums? Re- Reddit is mostly kids. Yeah. Um, no, people on Dave Matthews forums are older people like me. I don't get on Reddit ever. I I look at Reddit every day. I feel like I would I would get trapped. It's fun. I'm sure it's fun. It's a neat thing to do. I like neat things. Before we start listening and getting our hot takes, of course, we wanted to go over just a few of the facts to catch you all up. Recorded September 14th through October 1st of 98. Released on November 24th, 98. We covered this a lot in our 98 episode. Yeah. Which we're going to be doing, cranking that up again soon, too. Right, yeah. Because we got to get into 99 and talk about S&M before the big S&M 2 show. I know. We have to. (laughs) I don't know what that voice was. Mike! Mike! Go get him, Mike! Uh, our beloved Bob Rock produced the record mm. at the plant in Sausalito, California. Ross Hoffman did the photography, and it was recorded the day after the Poor Retouring Me Tour ended in San Diego. The there's day a, after. There's a wonderful documentary about the making of Garage Inc. Yeah, get on YouTube and watch that. It's really, really We'll probably cool do a whole episode where we sort of watch that together. Yeah. Maybe give everyone our hot take. Oh. Another thing kids do now when they don't like something, they call it trash. It's trash. Tom Quee does that a lot. Is this trash? He'll say, like, that song's trash. That song is garbage. That song is trash. All right. <laughs> Hello and hi and welcome. And Hello, Hello. we'll be doing hot takes today with garbage. <laughs> Not the band, just actual rubbish. <laughs> just rubbish. Uh, shall we get it started with It's Electric? Yeah, I want to give you one quick last little fact. Uh, not necessarily about the record, but uh, I went back to see which episode number this was. We originally did SM, uh, I'm sorry, not SM, uh, Garage Inc. Disc 1 and 2. It was in the, it's like episode 68, 69. But what was cool was on disc one was the episode where we debuted Set the Witch on Fire again. Mm. The first time a Lunar Satan track was uh, out into the world. Well, you know what? Why don't we go ahead and just put that at the end of this episode, too? Let's do it. A little refresher, if you haven't heard in a while. A re-debut, if you will. And give us your hot take on it. And if you call it trash, I'll fucking climb through this microphone and kill you. With his love gun. (laughs) (laughs) In my booby! (laughs) All right, let's get it started with Free Speech for the Dumb. I immediately love that fuzz. Love it. It just so does not sound like them. Drums do. I man, I gotta say it right off the bat. Hot take. I miss Bob Rock produced drums. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing sounds Hardwired great. Hardwired drums sound pretty good. They sound great. I know. I love it. Fiddleman. We we've gushed over him numerous times, but there's Bob Rock has a thing with Metallica and the drum sounds that are just fucking epic sounding. I like that it starts with a very noise rock solo, too. Yeah. Are you going to genius lyrics right now? Yep. Yeah. Gotta be thorough. 
wonder if people like hardcore fans were pretty stoked on this after hearing Load and Reload, if they weren't fans of that. They all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, it's covers, but it's like just heavy and noisy. And I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I know when this came out, I was on board. an interesting opening track it sounds like queens of the stone age kind of does yeah this was this was free speech for the known by discharge it is just an out of the gate kick your ass song it is yeah but i what i say i think it's a weird opener is that it's not like this hooky song at all no it's very industrial industrial punk rock ministry they did kind of go for a ministry sound on this this is some detuned guitars too, man. And it's got that great split, that Bob Rock, you know, Hetfield's on the left, Kirk's on the right. Yeah. Hard to memorize the lyrics, I bet. Yeah, you definitely need a teleprompter for these lyrics. Hetfield's vocal sounds great in this era. I love man. it. It's such a good vocal era for him, man. It's almost like a preamble to the first song, which is it's electric. Right. It's electric, originally by Diamond Head. Appeared on the 1980 album Lightning to the Nations. I love this vocal too, man. Yeah. Gonna be a rock and roll star, got a groove from night to day, yeah. He changed the lyric from crummy job to honey jar. Honey jar? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome they did this whole record in two weeks. I feel like you can hear it, you know? It's got a very immediate vibe. Yeah. And cool that, you know, Lars ended up, you know, naming his podcast or whatever you call his show. Yeah. Uh, it's electric. Mm-hmm. Nice little nod to. Not the diamond in. Song about a stove. A stove. Yeah, it's electric. Yeah, it's great. It's not gas. Hey, trying to be greener. Would that been Hetfield doing that? Already? That was Hetfield. Yeah, yeah, on the left. Just the definition between the two guitars, the way they complement each other tonally, is so sick. And a nice break to me from the 80s, super tight, head fill on both sides and the thickener down the middle. Right, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, they breathe in a way, you know? I mean, with, with there being a, you know, a few kind of punk rock covers on here, it's a very punk rock way of recording, you know, where there's just straight pan left and right stuff. There's obviously stuff on this, you know, first disc that's way more produced and you know, there's more sauce on it, but like there's rhythm on both sides right there. But in the solo, are you hearing that a little bit pan to the right? I think it's just Hetfield's guitar panned more towards the center, so you're catching it in both hands. Yeah, I'm just kind of hearing that lead to the right a little bit. But the rhythm doesn't sound double tracked. No.
What up, Jason? Hey, Jay. record i know i love this next one uh sabracadabra it's a weird riff man it comes at you kind of weird it's he starts in the hat you start yeah. to get grounded that i know that i always thought was the one exactly that's what i'm saying it's weird there's a lot of metallica songs that, that do that to you mentally like for god for years blackened i couldn't figure out what the guitar riff was, da 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 da, or do da 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 da. This is from Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and uncredited, but they also do uh, National Acrobat. Yeah. What was Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, early seventies? Seventy-three. Seventy-three. Okay. This halftime. Someone to love me. You know she makes me feel alright. It's electric. Sabra Cadabra, such an interesting badass. Sabra Cadabra. Hmm. Great harmonies. Harmonies, yep. Yeah. A lot of early Sabbath lyrics are about Geezer Butler just wanting to have sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> right. They're not like that evil. No, there's not a lot of that stuff that was. But imagine in the 60s where it's like when they first came out, like, you know, freaking peace and love, hippie movement, Woodstock, all that stuff. And all of a sudden here comes these British guys, long ass hair that look like devils. Kind of been frightening for parents to their kid brings his record home, you know. The cover of the first Sabbath record is so scary. Oh, yeah. It's like that cloaked thing in the woods. Yep. One, one of the covers that, I, when I was recataloging my collection recently, is a Paranoid. Mm-hmm. That album cover looks so goofy to me. It's like the kid dressed up in like a superhero. Yeah, but it's like, like blurry. Way, yeah, it's blurry. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's creepy. It's, it's a little creepy, but also kind of silly. Little uh, little univibe. Mm-hmm. Very Hendrix sound. Yeah. 
fade to black. Yep. Right here. No one but me can't save myself, but it's too late. Yep. Better kick back to old Ozzy and Co. I wonder if when they when James wrote that, if if it was, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a nod to Black Sabbath, or is it something that was just so ingrained in his head from years listening to that record that it just came out? Because I've done that. Yeah, I write sure. something. I'm like, what is that? I just ripped somebody off. God, writing these riffs in the 60s and 70s, so good. There was nothing like Sabbath. Nothing. Yeah. They took like the heaviness of Cream and Hendrix and Zeppelin. It was happening maybe a little bit around the time, but nothing was like this. Nah. Well, Anna, you know, a few years later, started the new wave of British heavy metal, which was nothing like that either. They were kind of in a class of their own, man. Vocally, it's just so killer. Yeah. back in yeah I love when Metallica does a medley man yeah it's fun but unlike the Merciful Fate one well I guess they just called the Merciful Fate, Merciful Fate medley they just called it Merciful Fate right yeah they didn't really list all the songs yeah Good fill by Lars. Love those harmonies, man. So good. Hell yeah, Kurt. Yeah, love it. It's bitching. One of uh, what would become a Metallica staple for a long time. Yeah. This is this is one of the singles. I think they nailed this. Oh, yeah. Love that. Well, they couldn't find a saxophone player. That's true. They're like, I don't know if Hurdy Gurdy would sound good right there. Let's just do a slide. East of Nashville. This is a good head feel of vocal too, like kind of showing his softer side, like the nothing else matters kind of vocal, but it just shows his, his diversity as a vocalist on this song like crazy. It crashes in right here though. Yep. 
Come on, with it. But your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do when you're riding 16 hours. Hey, that's what I just did. You did, 16 hours. And you don't feel much like riding. You just wish the trip was through. This song's about Clint's journey home from South Dakota. South Dakota. Exactly. A woman did last night. You know the whole line, is it a woman, is it a man? Yeah. A woman did last night. She's like, can I ask you a question? Yes. Is your hair real? Is your hair real? Is my hair real? Like, does it look like a wig? Like, She's like, it's just so beautiful. I'm just surprised. Like, well, thank you. Well, at least least she complimented you. It wasn't like, it just looks so bad. I assume it was a wig. Like that open hat. Yeah. I like this right here. Yep. Love that. He's had so much control. Yeah. It's just it's cool to listen to this kind of stuff and then go back to like you know, their first recording of Am I Evil and hear James at like, you know, whatever, 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. It is like, ah, kind of loud, screamy voice. And how he's developed as an actual singer over the years and learn how to control his voice and growl when he can. And, you know. It's the sound of a boy becoming a man. It really is. In South Dakota. Join the fucking page. Mother, mother, come on. Oh, I love he opens it up here, too. Yeah, I love this. pours out your body like the music that you play. It's good. Yeah. Way to go, Bobby. Yeah, old Bobby Seeger. Oh, good lyric. That goes of those boobies and your love of gun. What's up, Jason? I like this, too. It's like an anti-solo. Yeah. It's not really a solo. They just rock the chords. Check it out. Love that. But it's not really a solo, you know? That's James. I love that. Little phaser flanger on it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's more of just kind of a jammed out part than there's no real feature happening, but cool little parts happening. Curious. Curious. Pleases me to not hear a traditional solo. Yeah. 
All right, then go. Just go, man. Trying to read. I love anytime Kirk plays a slide. Yeah. Ain't my bitch. On Ain't My Bizzle. Ain't My Bizzle. Ain't My say. Bizzle. That's right. That's so sick, man. Yeah. What a great cover, man. It'd be a big song for him. When I first yeah, saw Metallica, they, they, uh, that story about when I got to go backstage and hang out in the lounge or whatever, like mm -hmm. we went by the tuning room and then they were rehearsing this. It was so cool to hear. Oh, really? Yeah. Mmm. Yeah. I mean, no, no secret that they've been Misfits fans forever. It's such a great cover, too. It's so powerful. In South Dakota. <laughs> In jail. <laughs> worth mentioning that your cover of this is badass. Ah, thank you, thank you. Uh, both your version and this version are way easier to listen to than the Misfits. Yeah, Misfits, as much as I love them, Metallica loves them, they they weren't a tight band. But for me, as a fan, that's kind of the charm sometimes, too, is like, man, yeah. they just weren't that good, but they have the songs. Yeah. Catchy-ass songs. Like the Sex Pistols, you know? Right. That was kind of part of punk rock. It was, yeah. But being, then, being too good was almost like frowned upon. But then you had a band like The Clash that their first record kind of had a slop to it, like, like a lot of that early Ramon stuff or whatever. But, but then you just, they just got better and better and became this. Same with the Ramones, man. They just got tighter and tighter and great vocal on this song, obviously. Futures in an oblong box. Oblong box, yeah. I had to look that up when I was doing my cover. It was like, oblong box, okay. Coffin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very repetitive song. But. I mean, this song gets us flat out 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, for sure. This song is fucking awesome. I'd be really curious to know how much money Metallica made for all these bands with the sale of this record. Because that was just pre like Napster and all that. We looked stuff. it up. Remember, we we looked it up one time. How many it sold, or how much, or or what did we look up exactly? Just the record sales. We look we looked up the record sales and then kind of estimated. And then we estimated based on mechanical right. rates. You know, if they sold thirty million, what it came down to right for you know, you know Sean Harris, the Diamond Head guys. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Either way. I, I, Probably a good chunk of change think for of, all these people. Because you got to think about it. They got Danzig got um, the Garage Re Revisited Publishing. Yep. The five ninety eight EP. Yep. Then he got the Garage Inc. Disc One with Die My Darling and, and Disc Two. Disc Two again with uh, Last Caress and uh, Green, Green Hell. Hell. Yeah. So yeah, three different big releases for Metallica. Yeah, like it's crazy. And and you get performance publishing too. Yeah, you get performance payouts for every time they played it live. Right. Yeah. This is lover. This is Loverman by uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. 
What do you give free speech for the dumb out of 10? Um, honestly, like a six. Really? Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a seven for performance. I, I just don't. It's sometimes I skip it. What? And go the It's Electric as the first track. I think the energy is amazing. It's just this kind of. To me, it's an. It's just an intro. Yeah. I give it an eight. An eight? Okay. I just think it has a lot of attitude. All right. Yeah. What do you give It's Electric? I give that a ten. I give that a ten. Sabercadaver ten. Ten. From the page ten. Ten. Dumbledore ten. Now we'll talk about Loverman afterwards. All right. Ooh, ooh. Bill the Bun. Mike. Paul's gonna be pissed that we're calling someone else's name out. By the way, I can't imagine Paul being pissed off. I know I can't either. I I've seen him frustrated. Yes, I have seen him frustrated. He's a very zen. He's a zen cat. Yeah, totally. He showed up today at the studio when I, I was recording that smokestack, but Paul wasn't working on the project. But he showed up uh, at the end of the session for whatever reason, get paid or something. And he showed up like in coveralls. And I jokingly go, when you work on your car, he goes, I was working on my bike. Because <laughs> yeah. Paul looks fucking cool in every, whatever he wears. When Paul jokingly put on a pair of cargo shorts for one of our metal nights, I'm like, you look badass. Yeah, you look like you're in Pantera. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. This is my skipper. This one is? Okay. It's cool. It's very different. It is. It's just so long. Yeah, it is long. There's five more minutes. You want to go take a break and let the, just the song play? <laughs> and we'll, we'll take a walk around the block real quick? No, I'm, I'm on the ride. Oh, no, we're, we're good. Much longer. I'm asking myself that the whole song. Love God. James. How? <laughs> With his straining sex and his jumping paw. Pawpaw? <laughs> well, how much longer now? We got to get that to pick in the fields. <laughs> It'd be funny to hear Pawpaw say these lyrics. I know. And he's stupid and he's hungry and he's sore. He's blind and lame and he's dirty and he's poor. You talking about your neighbor? Yeah, Cletus. Oh, Cletus, man. I'll tell you what, man. Can't live with him, can't kill him. Man, I'm going to tell you what, man. That, that guy's no good. I told Cletus, get your dog, board up that dog, because that dog's barking a lot at me. I told him I want to shoot that dog. Doesn't that dog always come up there and eat your wife's garden? <laughs> he eats my wife's garbage. Yeah. This, this portion of the song, the chorus or whatever, is kind of the redeeming part of it for me where... It's just heavy, I think, and I love Hatfield's vocal on this. Because of the bass, just stays on the one note. This part's kind of cringy. Yeah, I don't really like this part. I'll give it a ten. Haven't said all that. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna have, man. I'm Ooh, I'm gonna have to give this a three or a four. Really? Yeah. I was I was gonna go. I was teetering on four and five. Oh, and you like this one? I'm, I'm gonna give it a five because there are I like. Well, I like half of it. Like that's badass. That is badass. Love a man. Like, 
It does also seem to be about rape, which isn't one of my favorite things. It's definitely not my favorite thing. Okay, that's good. It's good. So I'm glad we're both clear on that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know kind of the origins of the song with Nick Cave, uh, why he wrote it and stuff, so I can't really comment on... No, Nick Cave's a smart, woke cat. Very. Uh, it's definitely yeah. unreliable narrator. Randy Newman was the king of that. Right. I'm not necessarily casting aspersions on yeah. Nick. But when you're a band this big and you can cover anything you want, it's an, the, choi- the choice was intentional. Right, yeah. I, I kind of wonder if this was a Headfield choice. It seems like a, definitely. a, a guy that he'd be into. I think into. this is in, uh, in the So What book during okay. this era. They, they talk about kind of who's responsible for uh, that. Okay, okay. Because Het was definitely going through a big Nick Cave, Tom Waits thing. Right. But so was Jason. Yeah. And I think Jason actually did bring some Tom Waits songs to the table. Oh, cool. They're like, okay, Jason, you can choose one of the cover songs on Garage Inc. if you've written more than three songs in the Metallica catalog. <laughs> Dang it. But I wrote Blackened. Like, <laughs> they're like, no, oh, that's one. <laughs> oh, here, we're still there. We got 10 minutes left of the song, right? Shit. Empires burn down. That's pretty cool. It's I mean it's just long. It's long and the verses get kind of boring. What else are you? Okay, got okay, it. Okay, lover man. Now what, what else? Alright. Okay, and what else can you be for me? Oh. Anything else? Could be if you put. A, All right, God lover man. Put a Anything comma else? in there. It could be I'm your lover man. All right, I got that part, James. Anything what else? else? Okay, said a little differently. Okay, say it quieter. What about outside of the bedroom? What about if we're on the road traveling? <laughs> okay. What about professionally? What if we work on a boat together? Oh, okay. Wow, interesting. Okay. What, what if I were hitchhiking? Okay. What about, should we go to space together? Oh. You want to visit the red planet with me? Some, well, some cool sounds right there. Very ethereal. There's 17 minutes now left I'm in this a, song. And now I'm a whisper, as he really know. I'm your lover, man. Lover, man. Right, yeah, I'm going to have to give that a three. Speaking of short songs, we got the Merciful Fate... This one's I like this one. This one's like what twelve minutes? Or something? Oh, totally. Oh, <laughs> oh, immigrant song. Come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> Hammer of the gods. There's some cool shit in here. So the the merciful fate songs that this medley is is Satan's fall. Th- th- these are some lunar Satan titles right here. Take some notes here, Clint. Satan's Fall, Curse of the Pharaohs, A Corpse Without Soul, Into the Coven, and Evil. Well, this is the song we were listening to when Lunar Satan was born. Yeah. So. That's freaking. That sounds like a that, Metallica song. That too. sounds like Kill 'em All. Yeah. 
Boo boo da boo boo da boo. That's cool. Woo! Hell yeah! I've still never really checked Merciful Fade out. Same. <laughs> Come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> All their songs are in F sharp. Of the gods. Ah. I guarantee you this is in F sharp. F sharp. Yep, it is. I can hear it, dude. I'm like Rick Beato's <laughs> crazy son. <laughs> Scooter Beato. <laughs> Scooter. That's always the son that doesn't actually exist, but you want him to. Like, who makes your record? Tom Loralgi, uh, Chris Loralgi, or Scooter Loralgi? Yeah, right. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Scooter Manning. Scooter Manning, yeah. Yeah, he plays like double A football. <laughs> double A football? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I dude. don't follow football. I, well, I know it's double A baseball and hockey and stuff. Listen, I am a corpse. I am a corpse without soul. Satan has taken his toll. He took it on me. Trapped in a spell tonight. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to hell. See, yeah. the, the key change in metal for the solo is key. Yes, absolutely. Just go up a step. Yeah. I hear a lot of uh, Anthrax in this, too. Yeah. You can tell Anthrax listen to this band. Yeah, for sure. Not. Not. Cry, for, <laughs> cry for the Indians. I love they have a song called Indians. Yeah, they do. You also were a fan of uh, Horror of It All. Absolutely. <clears throat> I, I, dude... I fucking loved Persistence of Time. Uh, among, the, or, among the Living. Among the Living, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's why I think you'll like State of Euphoria. We'll get there. Yeah, I know. People keep being like, you need to listen to this Anthrax record. Like, like, you realize like 20 people have told us to listen to different records? Right. We're going to listen to them when we listen to them. We'll listen to them eventually, yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, it comes down to taste and personal preference, man. There was a bunch of people that said, listen to Sound of White Noise. Right. And you know you weren't as big a fan of that as you were among the living. It was cool. It, it just didn't have the it didn't have the personality yeah. that I think is what's unique about Anthrax. Right, which I think they eventually got to. That's why they have Joey back in the band. But I tell you what, I respect the shit out of that. They felt like for them to move forward as a band, they had to fire that guy, and they did the best they could. They got a bitch and singer. They, yeah. They wrote new material, and they fucking put out a record and went on tour. They did what they had to do to be a band. Yep. Yeah. And, and I love that. Of course. Yeah. And John Bush is an, in an incredible singer. And just from everything I've seen, just seems like one of the coolest dudes. Yeah, he seems super cool. As cool as this riff. It's electric. <laughs> there is a, like a homogeny to this record. Yeah. I think a lot of that like th that metal they were listening to when they were writing Kill Em All, I mean, there's a lot of similarities in it. You know, Diamond Head, Merciful Fate. There's... You know, at least at least their interpretation of it, I can hear similarities in those bands. I wonder if they do another Garage Inc. If they're going to do influences of theirs that, like Tigers of Pang Tang and yeah, Let's more, more obscure, like Venom and shit. That'd be rad. You know? Yeah. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. 
I have not spent a lot of time with this song. Uh, same. It's just yeah. a lot to digest. It is a lot. I mean, it's, what, five different songs in one? And this is a long one, too. But oh, at, yeah. le- at least it's, a you know, five different songs. Well, now we're going into the coven where the first line is, How Like a Wolf and a Witch Will Open the Door, which is the name of the Lunar Satan record. I forgot about that. I lifted it from this. Love it. Well, good artist borrow, great artist steal. John Lennon said that. That's right. Paul, McCart- Paul McCartney told me not to name drop. Yeah, time. I know. I know. He's a dick. There's just something uh, about those four dudes playing instruments together. Yeah. That I just love. Whether it's their songs or not. Put some good mics on it. And yeah. It sounds like Metallica. It's not overly sophisticated. Nope. Open the door. I like a wolf and a witch will open the door. I love it. And I love that you lifted it. <laughs> it's so good. Undress until you're naked and put on this white coat. What are they in a lab? I think that's well, a song about science. Take this white cross and go to the center of the ring. Wow. Sterilize your hands. Well. Turn on the Bunsen burners. That's right. Get your beakers out. Get your beakers and your vials. and That's right. And your chemicals. We're going to have some fun today with inorganic chemistry. Yeah. I'm going to make chemistry fun, everybody. <laughs> Mr. Luck, the fun chemistry the teacher. The fun chemistry. Uh, Mr. Luck, are we going to be talking about protons today? What's the atomic number of boron? <laughs> In the words of Clint, woo! That's so good. I'll tell you what, this is like... I'm studying up to write the fifth and final Lunar Satan song before the record comes out this yeah. fall. This is some good studying up to do. Yeah, This, this material, sure. man. I'm going to have to throw on a Merciful Fate best of on the way home. Something. I- I'm told that uh, King Diamond, King Diamond's the main guy in this band, right? King Diamond, yeah, I think he was the. I've heard his yeah. voice is quite difficult to listen to. It's very high. Yeah, very back in the day, it was very, very. I can't even go that high. Oh. Come on, Kirk. What's the highest note you can hit? Let's right just now. try it. Like yeah. full voice or just? Yeah, like how high? I can't. I can't go very high. Was that, Is that what you did? That's a C sharp. C sharp. Is that as high as you go? <laughs> Can you go here? <laughs> All right, let's let's keep going. <laughs> let's go to a high E. <laughs> I can't do it. I mean, that's high. Or we're going to do an F sharp. <laughs> it's, it's so funny to try. Right, it is. Okay. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> what I hit? An E? Uh, you got up to an E. An E, okay. Yeah. 
but, you're, and that's, but, you're, but that's false setup. I got to say, you're most comfortable um, at a D. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. I C would, sharp was what you first did, and I then would, you you pushed yourself and got to a D, and it right. was still good and strong. But thing is, I would never use those notes in my own songs <laughs> in, in that your, in your reggae record. I would do it on, an octave lower for sure. I don't have a wide range. I mean, I can sing a little bit lower. Like you know, when you listen to like the my cover of like Unforgiven Three and stuff, mm-hmm. that's lower. But yeah. Yeah, I can't go very high, nor have I ever really tried to. I'm comfortable with where I can sing, you know. I'm nervous about listening to Merciful Fate because I feel like I'm not going to like it as much as this. Well, you know what? That's okay. It's fine. You're not going to get fired from the podcast. I know, but I dig this. I dig these songs as performed by Metallica, but... That's what makes me nervous about listening. Like I remember listening to Merciful Fate when we first did the S or the uh, Garage Inc. episode, and I was like, "This is cool." But now we'll say one artist that they have covered and did a medley of that I fucking love. The original stuff is Dio. Dio. Yeah. yeah, no shit. Yeah, the Rainbow stuff. And I found that Rainbow Rising record on vinyl. Oh, really? Oh, it's yeah. I found it for three dollars. Whoa. Yeah. Awesome. In where was I? Madison, Wisconsin, I think. Mad City Records, that's what it was called. One thing that they don't talk about in the documentary that I'd love to talk to them about is how they decided on these five songs and how they worked together to arrange them. Right, yeah. That's a lot of FaceTime. That's a lot of like them duking it out in the room. Yep, totally. And it's interesting that they did choose five songs from Ruthless Fate. Like, why not do their favorite one? Or was it like, we can't really decide, so let's just kind of lump them all together? Yeah, that's probably more likely. Also might be their way of, like, throwing... It's technically one track. How does that work with royalties? they got to pay on all five songs Probably, still, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. You know it's one track? Yeah. Huh. Absolutely, yeah. pay on all five. Yeah. Maybe that was some of the, the reasoning. Or do you have to pay less because it's not the full song, or... There's probably a lot of minute details in there. I think if you use a piece of it, you got to pay. Right. Like when P. Diddy did Come With Me. Yeah. You know? Jimmy Page got that publishing for Cashmere. Right. And when he did the I'll Be Watching You or whatever. Oh, gosh, yeah. Sting got that. Every every breath you take, yeah, for sure. What up, Jason? He makes these nice little appearances. He does. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. We miss you, bro. Last full-length uh, recording with yep. Jason. Yep. After this was only I Disappear. Yep. That is correct. And some even say that Bob Rock played bass on that. Some would say that, wouldn't they? ding a 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 ding Love gone. Back to the original riff. Woo! I wonder how much Jimmy Page got paid for that because it's clearly immigrant song. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, this next one's your jam. This is my favorite song on the record. Uh, by the way, what would you what would you uh, rate that? I one? give the Merciful Fate jam a seven. Do we do halves? Yeah, we can do halves. I do seven point five. Okay, you're just trying to one up me? No, it will be point five up you. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to get into math. No, I mean, this to me is the crowning jewel of the record. The lyric is insane. 
uh, actually just bought this record, Secret Treaties. I just bought it on vinyl. It's you in did. my little thing. Awesome. Did you see it in there? I, I did, yeah. Uh, Blue Oyster Cold is one of those bands I feel like I need to get into more. I mean, obviously, there's like the hits, like Never Knows Don't Fear the Reaper. But I think like Burning for You is such a good song. I need to get into this band more. I already put it in the living room. Ah. Have you have you tapped into much Blueish Occult? No, I bought this record just because of the song. Yeah. Because they're a cool band. I mean, I mean, even though Don't Fear the Reaper is their biggest song, it's still a badass song. I like their vocals. and Well, lyrically, it's very, very strange. Yeah. It's like by touring the Snow Dogs level. His vocal is so killer and all the ethereal, crazy sounds. Yeah. And it gets super heavy. Yeah. And they trade. A little bass on that. But he does it in the hole. Yeah. You know? Love it. Later after the solo, they do these cool trades. But this hay thing. Hey! Is for horses. <laughs> Remember when kids would say that? Oh yeah. Hey, it's for horses. Two doors locked and a window It's a really cool lyric, man. Yeah, it is. It's really weird. It's like based on a painting or something. Look at this, the queenly flux. This is it. And they keep going lower. And it ends with Jason. That is fucking yeah, sick, dude. Yeah, I love that. Well, the clock strikes 12, <laughs> and the moon drops burst. How did you from their hiding place? The clock strikes 12, and the moon drops burst. How did you from the hiding place? Miss Karen, us and Susie Dill would find themselves at Four Winds Bar. It's a nexus of the crisis and the origin of storms. Just the place yeah, these lyrics are crazy. <laughs> They're really wild, dude. And then came me. <clears throat> By toy and the snow dog. <laughs> I love there's no rhythm guitar there. Yeah. Just bass. Hey. 
I've never played it live. It's a shame. Yeah. Totally. Probably, probably hard to pull off. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, probably easier than the Merciful Fate medley. That'll never happen. No, probably not. Call me Casanova. Eternal light. These bravely digs of mine will surely prove a sight. Hey, don't forget my dog. Fix the consequence. See the dog. That's a snow dog. See? We weren't kidding. This says, he says, in that verse, he says, call me Destinova. It says, a.k.a. Imaginos, a mysterious character that is part of the Blue Oyster Cult mythology, created by the band's producer, Sandy Perlman. Okay. Okay? Uh. Okay. In the, in the words of Tim Allen, uh? Uh? Love this outro. Kirk's going nuts, man. Yeah. Good solo. Such a good outro. This would be a great live song, man. It really would, yeah. Come on, cool. SNM too. <laughs> It'd be cool if maybe for the anniversary of this they they performed a show of this record. That'd be really cool. And just played it front to back. That'd be awesome. Like in a club, like they did that one. Because uh, they never did Lover Man. Yeah, they they already did that when right. this when they were promoting this record. They did a whole tour of clubs, but they made See, the one that they put out. Right. I think at Webster Hall. Yeah. Fucking Kurt ripping at the end, dude. dude. Well, that gets a big old fat ten out of ten. That for gives me. It, I, I give that. I give that a nine point five. Okay. 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 Oh boy. Uh oh. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, Ethan. Ten out of ten. ten yeah, I'm getting ten too. I love this. So of course, this is uh, inspired by Thin Lizzy's cover, but it's a traditional Irish song. No royalties paid on this one. We don't got no one to pay him to. That's right. So old. Oh. Pleases me not to pay royalties on this tune. Have not I a single shilling for the publishing? No. Have not a single shilling to send forth. It's a fucking awesome lyric, man. Oh yeah. It's such a evil story. I love James's lead in it too. Yeah. He's, he plays a great solo in this song. Oh, yeah. That octaver pedal. Yep. It's even on that effect right there. Oh, yeah. It's also interesting to hear Metallica have a song that's in a major key. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, love it. Like a skate, but they can still make it sound heavy and tough. And well, it's got a great punk attitude. Yeah. And you did a great cover of this, man. Yours is real chill and beautiful. And yeah, it lends itself to a creepy acoustic thing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Would have been fun to bang out these leads, though. Yeah, for sure. Great harmony. Good low harmony. Yeah. The beauty of Metallica doing covers, man, and this goes back to even the 5980p, is that there's such a huge reason why so many people have gotten into other bands. But the reason oh, yeah. I know, there's the reason I knew or learned who the Misfits were. Mm-hmm. They're the reason that, uh, you know, I wanted to check out Thin Lizzy. You know, that's the beauty of covering songs is that you're exposing your fan base to your influences. Yeah, it's almost like a responsibility or something. Yeah. That's the reason I bought that rainbow record. Harmony. So cool. Oh, man, the sounds on this song. Everything sounds so great. I know, it does. And it sounds like they were having a lot of fun playing it. Yeah. What's up, Jason? Hey, buddy. Some men like boobs. I love guns. Especially in the Molly's chamber. God, that harmony is so cool. I also, man, I love the '90s James Yes. Yeah, oh, I yeah. just love them. They're everywhere. They're I love just, it. I can't imagine my life without them. <laughs> Agreed. I'm with you. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that we could say. You know, it's a part of our youth. James Hetfield's Yes are what we grew up with. I mean, it's true. It is. Woohoo! 10 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a 10. All right. Tuesday's gone. Now, this was recorded at a radio performance. Right. December 18th, 97, San Jose's KSJO, hosting the Don't Call Us, We'll Call You radio show. Which we're going to do a whole episode on that. It was a whole show they played. Right, yeah. Now, Uh, bootleg this acoustic metal. Usually fans do not like it. It says it has uninspired performances. Inappropriate bits of spoken word and songs dragging on for far too long. They just sound kind of drunk. They that's do, that's they, the only they thing. Do. I mean, it's cool. John Popper on harmonica, Jerry Cantrell's playing. A lot of cool guests on yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, but, Pepper Keenan sings a verse. Yeah. Wasn't Sean Kinney there? Sure. 
Yeah, Gary Rosington, Jerry Cantrell, Sean Kenny, Jim Martin, Les Claypool. Les Claypool, that's right. Pepper Keenan and John Popper. I mean, this is a great song by Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner wrote many, many great songs. Yes. They, yes. Those guys do not get the credit as songwriters. Yeah. They're easy to make fun of. They are. Sudom, Alabama, Play et cetera. Bird. Right. Yeah, just all that BS. It's just kind of flat. People don't know this. When you drink and you try to perform, you tend to sing. You tend to sing flat, <laughs> or just yeah, not well. I, I I've always had like if I'm gonna play my own show, I've always had a two drink maximum before I go on. I can't if I if I have more than that, my pitch is toast. Gary, Gary, Gary Rosington, of course, original lead guitar player, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Just amazing guitar playing in those bands. They're like I mean, the Eagles in a sense, where like the, like the people, southern everyone of loves them, but people they're easy to make fun of. Yeah, they're like Eagles were Southern California, right? Leonard Skinner was Gainesville. Yeah. Pepper Keenan, wonderful voice. Yeah. You know, I haven't listened to this in quite a while. I remember it sounding worse. Well, it's still loose. Don't get me wrong. And there's a little. We still got six and a half minutes. It's true. So there's, there's it time. just kind of drags on. Yeah, it does. This isn't my Metallica. Wait, acoustic guitars? Wait a minute. I gave you a pass with with Ride the Lightning and, you know, and Battery. (laughs) But this is bullshit. Cliff would have hated this. Oh, wait. He was a huge Leonard Skinner fan. Right. I don't think he would have. You know, that's one of those things I see a lot. I make the mistake on Facebook sometimes of... It's like whatever uh, Loudwire article. It's like, watch Metallica perform Master Puppets in the rain. And, like, I just click on the comments. And by comment 10, I'm like, I can't even look at this anymore. Because it's like, they fucking broke up after justice. Cliff (laughs) would hate what they do. It's all the just dummies out there, man. Yeah. Yep. John Popper. He is a badass market player. I hung out with him one night. Really? Did I tell you about that? No. Um... Blues Traveler opened a Bob Schneider show Really? At the House of Blues In Chicago, I think That's crazy It was really weird Yeah And uh, I hung out with him quite a while He's a pretty weird cat Yeah, was he cool though? Yeah, he's pretty cool Did he have his vest on with all his harmonicas in it? No He did for the show Yeah Big gun guy Oh, yeah He has a couple hundred guns A couple hundred? Yeah, hundreds Wow, interesting he lost a ton of weight, too. He had gastric bypass at one point. He got pretty big. Yeah, it was like 20 years ago. Old news, bro. I thought, it really? 20 years? Probably 20 years. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, I haven't kept up with Blues Traveler in a while. Clint's going to fact check this real, real quick while we're listening to Tuesday's Gone. 
Oh my god, the first thing on his Wikipedia under his personal life is weapons collection. Oh, there you go. Yeah, don't break into John Popper's house, burglars. Is there nothing about his uh, surgery there? Like a per, uh, personal life section? Holy shit, 1999. You were right, 20 years. Wow. I guess he almost, he had a heart attack. Crazy. At what, 32 years old? Wow. And that was, I mean, that was still kind of their, when was that big record, like 95, 96? Four? 94, okay. No, no, it was called Four. Oh, Four, that's right, that's right. That was awesome cool. record. Yeah, I want to say I was in late high school when I came out. Like, we just did this whole John Popper excursion, and the song's, and the still, song's still kind of happening. Yeah. And there's almost three minutes left. There's still three minutes left? So, yeah. You want to skip it, don't you? No, we're not skipping shit. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, we're guiding the ship here. Yeah, of course. We're curating this listening experience, yeah. and I'm just being honest. It's a little long. It is no. Listen, I'm with you. I think it's especially this kind of stuff right here, where it's just kind of jammy. Everyone's got their little vocal things they're doing. It just gets gets old. Like, if this was a live show unfolding in front of us, it would be amazing. It'd be totally different. That's a whole you, different... But putting that on a record... Yeah. Well, it's like, I'm sure I'd be really impressed with some of the songs that Dave Matthews vamps out for an extra five, six minutes. I'm assuming he still does that. It's a huge, huge part of that band. Okay. Uh, I've never seen him live, so I don't know. Um, at the show, I'd probably be way into it yeah, yeah. into the moment of yeah. them doing all this stuff like this is awesome but if I sat down and listened to a Dave Matthews record a live record I might not feel the same way much like this I don't know I loved Boots when I was a kid I collected Dave shows but these days I just listen to the records right see we're getting some flat singing yeah it's getting a little weird now hey isn't your Dave Matthews date with Dan Cantor coming up no we don't have well, no we I, don't have one I thought you guys were going to see him here they already played here. Wait, they did? Yeah. Did you go? I was, on, I was on the road. Shit. Dan is going to... I think he's seen him a few times on this tour. He's skipping the Toronto show to go see Metallica in Copenhagen. Which is crazy. But he's a big fish cat, too. He's been seeing yeah. a lot of fish shows when he's been off the road. And fish, did they already play here this summer, too? I don't know. I've never really been a fish fan. I think, I think he's coming to town for that or already did or something. I'm not sure. I've never been a big fish guy either. I did own their live record. It's totally, it's very ironic that I owned that. No, I know why you own it because it's fucking awesome. It's called a live one. It had bouncing around live the room. One, yeah. Southern town, southern town, I'm bouncing around I don't, the room. I don't remember why I bought it because I, I never was into them before. This is before I moved to Nashville. No, dude, I had a live one. I had the live fish record. Yeah, someone told me to buy it. I think. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Jer. Thank you, Hit. Thanks, Les. 
Good night, Ned. <laughs> Lars saying, let's do it Younger again. Younger Lars. Let's do that again. All right, another discharge song. All right. Uh, What's the oh, last one? The more I see. Uh, what do you give Tuesdays Gone? Honestly, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a six. I give it a three. I say you're going lower, aren't you? Yeah. I fucking love this song, dude. Yeah, this one's. Rad. I love these dish. You know what? I'm gonna get a discharge record. There you go. I love free speech for the dumb. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah. Hey, Jason. A lot some of, of that. He's got of, some of that devil's dance delay on his yeah, James's guitar. A lot of Jason love on this. It'd be fun to do a project that sounded like this. Yeah, it would. it's not really metal. It's kind of metal, kind of punk, but it's, it's kind just of heavy. To me, it, I, it might sound weird, but we made a point on the first track. It kind of sounds industrial too. Just because the guitars are tuned down. I think it's the guitars. It's like this is what corrosion of conformity sounds like. Right. Yeah. They're a little more sophisticated. Sure. More Alice and Chainsy, but there's something so simple and powerful about this. Yeah, you're right. And I feel like you and I could write this. We could write this. Sure. That's a great riff. That's a really, yeah. really good riff. I could hear that on the Black Album. Struggle Within or something. Hi, Jason. Hola, Jason. The cool bass tone. Yeah, totally. Real sturdy, kind of growly. Discharge, what a band name. Yeah, totally. So good. Good night, Dark Continent. We are ejaculate. <laughs> The riffs are so simple but so powerful, man. I know. Yeah. It originally came out in 84. 84? Discharge, yeah. Apparently, Discharge is still active. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and there's a long-ass list of past members. Oh, really? I think it's one of those things there's probably one original dude left. Let's see here. Members. Tell us a little bit about Discharge. Well, the current lineup No, is... your Discharge. Wow, they started in 1977? 
crazy. Oh, I forgot about this. Robin Trower song, Bridge of Size. You know what? I'll bet that's a little nod to the, the Iron, Iron Maiden, Maiden thing. Where Run to the Hills. It's this kind of sloppy little thing. Yeah. Oh, look at Kirky. Kirk Hammett stepping so, out. So Discharge, it seems like there's three original dudes in the band of the five. Okay. We Go have, on. Uh, Royston Rainey Wainwright on guitar, uh, who plays bass. Uh, Anthony Bones Roberts, who is the guitar player, started in 77. Then Terrence Tez Roberts, I assume brothers maybe? Uh, he started in 77 as well. And then there's two other guys, uh, the drummers from 06 and the, oh, they don't have the original lead vocalist. He started in 2014. Hmm. So they've had uh, quite a few members. Interesting. But they've got uh, they got a few, you know, they got one, two, three, four, five, six records out, seven records. They have one called Massacre Divine. Wow. Another one called Shooting Up the World. Hell yeah. Another one called Hear, uh, Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing. And then it's self-titled in 2002 called Discharge. I feel like their best stuff is probably the 82 record and the 86 record. Okay. This one, Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing. Let's look at the track listing. This one... Uh, so that's free speech for the dumb on it, and not the more I see. Okay. Well, the best thing to do, I guess, is just go grab one of them and take a sampling and see yeah, if we see if I like sure. it. You know, totally. Yeah, I think, uh, or just you know, check it out online, and see which one you like the best, and go pick up that one. I'd love to find this kind of stuff on vinyl. I want, I want we some blue oyster cold on vinyl. Um, I don't I've never li- seen discharge on vinyl ever. I haven't either. That, but I've also not really. Where would that even be? Like in the. It'd probably punk. be like in the punk or hardcore section. Yeah. Because they're kind of categorized as punk, hardcore, uh, and some other genre called D-Wave. D-Wave? I think it was something like that. It was super weird. Um, douche Wave. Douche Wave. Uh, they're categorized. No, that's grudgy. Come on, you dumb dumb. Uh, they're categorized as. Ethan just called his iPhone a dumb dumb. I was calling this. One of the greatest inventions. App called the Wik- Wikipanian. In the history of human sentience. They're considered hardcore punk, crust punk, heavy metal, thrash crust metal. Crust punk? D-beat. <laughs> what is D-beat? Humans, humans' proclivity for... So many subgenres. Subcategorizing everything in the fucking world knows no limits, even. D-beat has other names, too. What are you into? Crust Discord. wave? I'm into crust wave and D-beat. D-beat, also known as Discord or Kang punk, Swedish for, <laughs> Swedish for boot punk. Jesus. Uh, it's a style of hardcore punk uh, developed in the early 1980s uh, by Intimidator, Intimidators uh, um, Discharge, after whom the genre was named. I'm uh, sorry, Imitators. Uh, I said Intimidators. He's silly. Uh, as well as the drumbeat characteristic for the subgenre, D-Beat is known for its grinding, distorted, and brutally political sound. A political sound? D- Discharge may, uh, uh, may have themselves inherited the beat from Motorhead and the Buzzcocks, it's basically punk rock, but a little heavier. <laughs> That's British, like, and it's maybe a little political. That's all you're saying. Oh, here's what I know for a fact, Ethan. Nothing, no musical instrument can sound political. That's makes no sense. Right. I mean, it's not talking. It didn't. Say oh, it, dude, the way he plays the drums, it's straight up political. It's so political. 
It's so it's so conservative. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, that was fun. I give the more I see a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would do seven. We rate this record pretty high, except for the, there's two couple of low moments. We, Lover yeah, Man but and, I mean uh, for for, gone. for a cover record, this is pretty damn good. I do hope the rumors are true that they do it again because I, I would love to hear another one. And as we have mentioned, I, it, I would love to hear a new Metallica record, but I'll take what I can. But get, you know man. what though? Because I feel like if they were to make a new record of original material, it'd be Greg Fiddleman. If I knew they were going back in the uh, studio to do a Garage Inc. two. Great excuse to get Bob Rock back. Oh in my there. gosh, it'd be so awesome! Right, it'd be so rad. They could all do it in fucking Hawaii for all I care. Let's go to fucking Hawaii and record this. Well, you know what to do. Leave us the positive review. Yep. Get on board at the Patreon. We gave away tickets to S and M two tonight. We're going to be giving we away did. things Chad like that Pollock. more and more. Yeah, Chad, get a hold of us. Yeah, Chad, send the email we'll and just say, up. "Hey, I won the thing." We'll get you set up, and uh, we'll know what you're talking about. And by thanks the way. again to our friend Metallica Katrina for uh, hooking us up and helping us get those tickets. And all of you out there, I, I saw a wonderful Instagram post today where Anya was at the Berlin show, I believe. Yeah, and Edgar, our friend from California, California Stretch, yeah. was on the rail, and he saw her wearing her metal up your podcast I know, shirt. Amazing! And they then took they, a photo together. Well, great. they hung out for the whole show. Yeah, that's great. So those of you out there, if you have your Metal Up Podcast shirts, wear them to these events because that's how you're going to spot each other's kind. Two worlds colliding. And uh, what else can we say? I'm heading out to California. Uh, if anyone wants to come to any shows, I don't know where they are or what we're You'll doing. You'll be on the West Coast. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been in the studio the last couple of days, but I'll be home for the next two weeks. i got to need to breathe one-off date in East Tennessee somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not sure where. I can't remember. Um, hopefully there's a record store nearby so we can find some Discharge mm-hmm. you know some D-Beat yeah uh, D-Core T- crest, crest Wave <laughs> Crest of the Nave Core well we love you out there in Metal Up Your Podcast land it's good to be back here in HQ2 even though I'm only going to be here for a few days that's right and uh, we love you all a lot and we'll see you on the flip-flop peace <laughs> adios love gun boobies <laughs> boobies
advice or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. 